0: This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal.
1: Hey, More Than Workers. Those of you who supervise people or those of you who are supervised by people, we're going to share a really cool trick for you today, a little tool on how do you evaluate people? I can think of times where I've had people that have worked for me that have had poor performance, nobody on this call specifically, but I can think of an employee that I had when my very first supervising job in a corn plant who really struggled in her job. And I wanted to know, how can I help her to get better? And the answer to that question is, it depends. It depends on where that person is at. What is their situation? Now, I know a lot of you are thinking, but we should manage people fairly. We should treat everybody the same way. We do not believe that is true. Yes, we should be fair, equitable for people that we manage, but at the same time, we also need to know where they are because they are trying to change where they're at. Now, Diana, you I see you just did I say something bad there? Was no, just equitable? like don't just, be fair.
2: Don't be fair. Don't be <laughs> yeah. We gotta manage people based on how much we like them.
1: Yeah, really what this is all about is like, do you like hanging out with them or not? That's what this scale is going to be. And if you do like give them lots and lots of rope, like whatever they need. If you don't like hanging out with them, get rid of them. That's what, that's what. Uh, our...
2: Which is why I'm always on the verge of losing my job and Matt can do no wrong. <laughs> that's,
1: that's why we allowed Diana to stay on the team, even though she moved two thousand miles away. That's what, that's why that happened. No, we're joking. Of course. The idea is this idea of a culture grid. Now we're going to share this here so you can go look it up but if you can't go look this up and what this looks like what i'm showing is a little graph here and on the bottom of the graph on the x axis is culture fit is on one side of it on the left side it's are you a poor culture fit or are you a great culture fit now when i say culture fit I think I'm thinking about their attitude. Are they aligned with the company, right? We always talk about alignment and people-centric. Are they very aligned? So a low culture fit is somebody who's negative, who's toxic, who's always fighting. They have a terrible attitude about things. Somebody who's a high culture fit is a can-do, engaged, all-in for the company, okay? Now, on the vertical axis, on the Y axis, we're going to have the performance of the person. Now, this is how good are they at the job. If they have a high performance, they are great at the job that they're doing. They are very, very skilled at the job. If they have a low performance, they are terrible at the job. Now, some of you may be thinking, aren't those two things? Don't those all go together? No, they don't. If you think about it, you can be great at your job, great at the performance, and have a terrible attitude about it. So you could be high performance, low culture fit. Or you might be able to be great at, have a great attitude and be very aligned with the company, but still be terrible at the job that you're doing. So you can have high culture, low performance fit. This is called the culture grid. It is one of the basic things that we teach managers. One of the first things that we teach managers so we can think about employees. Now, if you are not a supervisor and you're listening to this, you might be thinking, does this apply to me? And yes, the answer is yes, it does. And the reason that yes, it does is because you can assess yourself on where do you fit on this chart. Now, if you'll notice on this chart, there's nothing on here for you to say, yeah, but I have a terrible employer, right? So it's going to be about you addressing your own attitude, your fit with your organization, and also you addressing your own performance and how good are you at your job. And we're going to talk about how do you assess it? And then how do you also manage those different types of employees? So with us today is all the way from Seattle, way far away from us, way, way, way far away from us is Diana. Diana, are you enjoying your
3: day today?
2: I am. That was like a very robotic question. Are you enjoying your day today?
3: Wow. At least you thank didn't say I was.
1: Thank you. for the ju- Thank you for the okay. judgment on the <laughs> simple question I asked.
2: I'm sorry. That's <laughs> yep. what I do. Hey, Diane,
1: Diana Diane and I are about to travel together. So we're going to get to see each other, which we don't get to do very often. So we're going to get to see each other for like four days in a row. And I'm, this is not a good start. I'm just going to say that. You're <laughs> going to be
2: fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to love it.
1: It's going to be fine. Okay. And then we also have, we've got Bethany Taff here with us. Bethany Whiplash Taff. Bethany, how are you doing?
0: I'm fine. I'm fine. I think.
1: No, Whiplash Taff. How are you doing? <laughs> whiplash Taff.
0: Just waiting to have a really cool nickname. And I guess now is the time. So oh, yeah, I'm looking no. for that. Yeah.
1: Bethany got into a little fender bender on Friday. She's okay. It was it was not, her, not her fault
0: which is the most important part
1: to know yeah. <laughs> she's fine she's fine everybody's fine and then we've ever host matt griswold matt we all know matt and matt's going to be facilitating us and then myself yeah. don herky so matt why don't you talk tech, talk us through take us through
3: take us talk us through take and talk us through
0: tick tock us through, us through.
3: Of <laughs> speaking of we're on TikTok now everybody feel free to follow our page okay. we that have seven followers which is kind of a shame because it's fantastic content. Anyway, I can't wait to think of as, as many questions as I can today to throw over to Whiplash Taff. That's what are I'm glad you said that. <laughs> all right so let's get this let's get this party started so don you said something that i thought was intriguing it's it's uh it's true but it, it, it had a, i had a i had a moment there at an epiphany there because you said that this is something that managers ask for right this is one of those things tangibly that managers are always like oh man this is a great tool i love it thank you this is a tangible thing that i can walk away with and kind of think about my people you said that it's used to be able to evaluate their people and i took i did i like the words right it is you can't evaluate people, but you can also elevate your management with this. Because this is an activity that we walk people through a lot of times, we encourage managers if we wanted, if you wanted to know how we set this up with a group of people when we're speaking in front of people, we put this maybe on a flip chart up, up front, or maybe they have it as a deliverable almost on, on a sheet of paper. We say, think about your best employee. Where would you map them on this grid? Think about your worst employee. Where would you map them on this grid? Think about a random employee. Where would you map this person on the grid? And it really is, okay, it's an evaluation tool, but you'll find out too, hopefully by the end of it, that it's like, okay, so when wait a second, I have some things that I can do as the manager of these people to make a difference in their lives too, to be able to move them up and down this grid as we go. So, yes, evaluate your people, but also elevate your management uh, as we go through. So let's just walk through this, shall we here? Don did a good job of explaining that the grid itself, and we're going to break it up into four different quadrants throughout the grid. So if you can imagine the square picture, maybe you have drawn it yourself. Let's start maybe on the low, low, the bottom left, if you will, of this grid. This would be the low performance, low culture fit. So somebody on the team not doing a great job with the performance. The scorecard maybe is low. They're not making the metrics, and they're also not great to be around. They're not doing the things that we would want or expect out of a teammate or an employee. The culture is kind of low. Maybe they're just in it for themselves, or you know whatever that looks like. Whatever, depending on the culture that you've built. So the question that we have, and this is what what we pose, and we can all maybe share some responses that we have gotten from this, is how do you manage that person? How do you manage that person in the low performance, low uh, culture?
0: I would just I think my biggest question is like, how do we get those people even on the team? Because <laughs> if you haven't yep. been a low performer and a low culture fit, that seems like some poor hiring. So I'm just gonna say that it okay. can happen other ways too. But that's just one thought there. I would I say hear
3: that. I think that's an honest response that we hear though, when we're we're doing this in front of people. What else were we gonna add to that?
0: Well, and then I was also going to say, you know, I think it is typical on the other side is like we do also hear a lot of like, well, this is, this is a person who has no hope so you should this is exactly the person that you should fire, (laughs) which there's that's maybe true sometimes but there could be some other things that we could do first.
3: Yeah. Thank you, Bethany. I think Bethany, you know, she used a lot of words to say what it is that a lot of people maybe just blurt out there at the beginning Too, how do we manage that low and low somebody in the room or somebody in the audience or maybe one of you more than worker listeners are listening to this going you fire them like immediately cut ties with that person. I would say that there is a point that we would potentially walk down that road but Bethany you started off. With this whole idea of maybe we made a bad hire, which begs kind of another question too. If you're a manager listening to this or a business owner, and you you know you have the responsibility of trying to hire people, we're not trying to hire people that are just going to fail, right? It just keeps me in that miserable cycle. However, if we know that a lot of the disengagement from employees and a lot of uh, you know the managers are accountable for like seventy percent of the disengagement in employees, if we're talking about that low culture fit. I like how you kind of frame that. And Diana, you can talk about this too, because it's not necessarily the poor hire, but there's this thing called onboarding and orientation right after that. And maybe you're listening to this going, I don't have time to onboard people. I don't have time to put them through orientation. Like I just need bodies. We, the work is stacking up. I have, so many, I have so many vacancies right now, like fill out the HR paperwork and then like get to work. But how does maybe skipping something like orientation or onboarding, wind up or land an employee in like a low culture fit. Diana, do you have thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that. I think that's why you sent it to me. But yeah, I think that when you do have a lot of people that you're, you know, you just need bodies, you also want those bodies aligned with your organization. You want them to know why they're there and what the expectations are. And so I think it's important to do things like onboarding to immediately set the expectation of this is why we hired you. This is what we want you to do. And here's how we want you to contribute. And I think that gets everybody on the same page early. And then it's easier for them to follow through on that stuff later.
3: Yeah. So one of the things that we challenge managers to think about in this, if we're trying to elevate your management, like, I think, I think if we're evaluating the employee low, low, get them out of here. But if we're trying to elevate the management, I think maybe one of the questions to say is, man, did I do a good job, first of all, hiring the person? Did I do a good job of onboarding this person? Do they understand what's expected of them? Have I given them a fair shake maybe from the beginning? Bethany, were you going to add to that?
0: Yeah, I think it's important to note that when we say onboarding, we don't necessarily, we're not just talking about like, on, like training for that job. So we're also talking about like, having a good understanding and introduction to like who you are as an organization, what is your mission, vision and values? Um, and what are the goals that the organization is working towards? Because that's also a major, that's, that's gonna work towards that culture fit side of things. So we are working simultaneously on the performance with training and also the culture, the cultural understanding so that they are working together on the onboarding process.
3: I love it. So we're doing our best to put our best foot forward from the beginning. And then before we make any hasty decisions, we're going, man, was there was there something that I could have done differently to be able to train them as far as the performance side of it? Did I share the mission vision values? Do they have a good scope of what we're doing? I think if all of, all of those answers are yes, now we start having those diff- difficult conversations, uh, you know, maybe performance, you know, performance plans or corrective action, whatever terms you all are are using there. But you start to have those, those conversations to try to either, Don, you can add to this, but we're either trying to help them up or help them out, so to speak, right? Like, what does that look like?
1: Now, this is this is a point too, where we talk about this, where we say you should never surprise an employee. So you probably have should have told them that you see the performance is lousy, and you should probably have told them that you see their attitude is bad. So I just wanted to double down on that and state that. Yeah. Some people probably are listening too. We were talking to a manager, Matt and I were at Little Rock last week, and she was talking about how sometimes, like some of you are going like, okay, if I have a choice of not being able to find anybody or finding somebody, even who's a low performance, low culture fit, I'll take it. I need yeah. people so badly and then you hire that person and now that person's working with your other team who probably don't all fit into that category and now they're influencing that team and I, I, I would caution you about that approach because you're going to create this loop for yourself mm-hmm. of now how do you attract somebody else you know hey do you want to come into my company and work with a whole bunch of low performing low culture fit <laughs> misaligned people yes, that sounds awesome and people can find that out more today than they ever could before. There's the stat we share often. I think it's 72% of people before they apply for a new job, talk to somebody who already works there to find out what it's like or, and so they'll find out that that's happening. So yeah. you got to break out of that cycle. If So if you are in the the, I'll call it the death spiral, where you're hiring these low performance, low culture fit people, because that's what you have to do.
3: Stop it. Yeah. It's probably, you're probably, settling if you feel like that's what i have to do you're not looking at the other side of the detriment that that's potentially causing too so let's go to the next quadrant over so if we're moving from left to right now we're on the high culture side but we're still on the low performer so this person is somebody like you they are not carrying their weight as far as the scorecard is concerned but man they are a joy to be around you would trust them with your own kids but they are not helping the team out as far as scorecards are concerned so like, how do we manage that person? Or let me ask this question. Let me tee it up like this. What makes it hard? Why is that person hard to manage?
0: They're probably really agreeable.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're
0: probably like, they want to be really good. They're just, they're just not, they might just not have the skill set for the position. And so it just, it feels hard because you want to keep giving them more chances and they're like, yeah, whatever I need to do, I'm going to do, you know, I'll be, I'll be so great. I love this team so much. You're a really awesome boss. Let's do this. And you're like, okay, this is great, (laughs) but you just can't, you're not getting it. So that's
3: really hard. <laughs> if you can't see Bethany's face right now, of course it's a podcast, but she smiled the whole way through that and that's probably one of those difficult parts, you know, as we're as we're talking about culture grid, the reason why these people sometimes are difficult to manage is because they're so darn nice. Like, they're so agreeable. They're so darn nice. Like, at least they get along with everybody. You almost want to be like, can you please just like pick it up a little bit on this end because everybody likes you. And it's super hard. If you're responsible for hiring, it's super hard to find those people that are bought into what it is that you're doing. Like they are, this person is riding right along with you. You know, uh, they are cheering for the company just like you are, but they are not doing great as far as the performance. What would be easy for some people? Because some people, we hear this too. And Diana, I think this is right up your alley. They say this person is uh, easy to give feedback to because it's low performance, and I can specifically point to that. So, what would be easy maybe about having this conversation with that person?
2: Yeah, I mean, I get this because I I don't care if I like you or not. You gotta do your job, <laughs> like Matt. I love you, but I would fire you if you couldn't do yeah. your job. I tell you that all the time. So, but I do think this one's difficult because because everyone else likes them right because they're oh, yeah. they're it looks like they're trying because they keep saying all the right things but i do think there's a point where you have to say dude i really like you but you're just not getting it you you haven't met this time and time again we've done training we've talked through it we've written it down we've done it verbally we've shown you and it's just not getting through
3: yeah Yeah, I love it. Thank you. And people are going, wow, that was really easy for Diana to say. That's because she (laughs) likes to deliver that message, especially when it's about me. So thanks.
1: Thanks. Thanks, I think the nice thing in this situation is if you're clear about what winning looks like and what the expectations are, you can work with the other person instead of against them to help them to advance. So like the person I talked about who really struggled when I was in manufacturing, she really struggled in the performance aspect. And I had set some really clear, like, these are things that we need to be able to learn. And it took her a long time to learn those things. But we, she felt a lot of pressure to learn them, too. So it wasn't just on me. So from that standpoint is, yes, it took me probably three times longer to train her than it would have trained, I would have trained, than it took for training other people. But at the same time, it was kind of rewarding going through that because she kept working on it and working on it and working on it and working on it. And yeah. we did make progress and she did get better and better and better
3: at it. I will say some of the other things too. Thank you, Don. Some of the other things that people bring up here is maybe they're just not well placed. How do I continue to use that likability, but maybe in a different department, a different role? I know we've used this platform before to talk about companies that have plucked somebody from here because they had a great culture fit, but just not an oppor- it just wasn't a strength of theirs, what they were doing and, and you know move them to a different role. And man, that person flourished too. Bethany, what were you gonna add?
0: I like that you, well, I like that Don brought up just the time aspect of it. I know sometimes that's hard for people to feel comfortable with saying like I'm just gonna dedicate more time to letting this person learn something when you really want to be like, we've got to go, we've got to do stuff, we've got things to take care of. Um, And so I think that that's something that is overlooked often because if you do take the time to invest in somebody and they are able to pick it up, like even if it takes a little bit longer, you're probably going to have a really... Loyal employee who's going to be like an incredible brand advocate for your organization, too. They're not only going to promote to, you know, people as customers and clients and things like that, but also to get other people to come in and work for your organization, too. So
3: thanks, Bethany. Diana?
2: Yeah, and I like what Don said about these people put a lot of pressure on themselves, too, right? They want to be there. They're a culture fit. They want to be part of the team. They want to help out. And so when you are having conversations of like, you're just not meeting this, what can we do to get you there? A lot of times they're going to say like, I'm sorry, I think I shouldn't be here. Like I can't figure this out. It's stressing me out. Maybe this isn't the right role for me. Could I do something else or could I do some other department or whatever? Like, I think there's a lot of self-selection in this, in this category where they can tell themselves that it's not working if you're doing it right.
1: And that's the goal as a manager, if you can work through it that way, you know, I like to think of it as a line like for an employee is do they own it or did they not own it, you know, if they're not performing at the high level and they own it, you know, then to me it's like that's the employee you want to invest in that's the one you want to spend time with. And if you can invest in a positive way, I have seen managers sometimes handle this by saying, I'm going to keep yelling at you until your performance is poor. But really what they're doing is I'm going to yell at you until your alignment is also off. And then I'm going to knock you all the way down the culture grid so that it's obvious that I should get rid of you. I've actually seen that kind of strategy. I don't think a manager deliberately thinks that that's what they're doing, but it's easy to get frustrated when somebody's not performing well. And then you can yell at them, but look, if they own it, then you don't have to yell at them, right? Not yelling at people is not the best way to get ownership of something anyway, obviously. Yeah. So I think you wanna be careful about that. Sometimes I think supervisors have found value in this thought of, of deliberately putting that in their mind that this person is really aligned with the organization is trying really hard, but doesn't perform really well. Because if you can think about it that way before you work with that person, you can kind of remind yourself that this is not a person you get angry with. It's a person that you work with. They're frustrated too. You know that they're feeling that pain, so you don't have to. You don't have to get frustrated, and you can get frustrated, but don't get angry. Don't take it out on that
3: person. Yeah, great. I think we a lot of a lot of good tangible talking points there with that one. Let's move to the next quadrant here. Next quadrant if visually top left here we're going to go high performance, low culture. Now this is you know the the reverse of what we just were talking about high culture, low performance. Now we're talking high performance, low culture. So they are carrying the team as far as the scorecard is concerned, but man, people just do not like that person or they, you know, the vibe is different, the culture is different, the mood is different, however you want to say that, when that person is around, maybe they're disruptive, maybe they're actively rallying against the things that you're trying to accomplish but you know that but they're also doing great as far as their metrics and the scorecard is concerned bethany start us off here like how do you manage that person or maybe what do we look out for here
0: yeah i was gonna say actually sometimes other people might like this person because they're saying things that they wish they could say but they don't want to say because they don't want to get in trouble
3: that's a good Um, point yeah, yeah,
0: but I, but this person has some weight because they're really good at their job. So, they they are making things happen. You might see this person as being like I mean, yeah, they're hitting it out of the park, but their their attitude is just not not what you want. They're leading people in the wrong direction. And so, we I mean, I think some of the times is like you this person can be really hard to manage, but you also have a really I mean, you have a good opportunity to highlight to them how much they are impacting the team and how much they are leading the team. And if they realize how they're leading the team down the wrong path and and if they could work together to kind of get aligned, I think that those alignment conversations are super important for this employee. Make sure, are you, are you really, are we on the same page as far as like where this organization is headed? And chances are there's probably some issues there that you just need to sort through with them on it and determine okay, can we make any adjustments here or is this just, are we not, are we never going to get there?
1: Right. The person that falls into this category, who's high performance, bad alignment tends to be focusing on their performance and their frustration with the company, their performance and their frustration with the company is what they're focused on. So the, what Bethany just said, I think is really important is you need to shine a light on the thing that they're not considering is how their attitude could be negatively impacting the rest of the team. And that's a piece that I think a lot of people who are in this category, which we could call the toxic category, right? I'm great at my job, but I'm misaligned this stupid company. I hate this, the, these people around here. I think that showing them that you're influencing other people the wrong way and that you can't let that happen anymore, and then letting them make the decision on whether or not I can change the attitude right away, or I can just leave because I, we can't have that. I think it's really important. And a lot of people, you know, we talked about people tolerating the people who have low performance, low culture fit. This is a person that a lot of companies tolerate because you're really good at what you do. And in fact, they might be so good at what they do that some of you are thinking, I can't let that person go. If that person leaves, they will leave, bring so much expertise. We had a company that we work with that had a salesperson that fell into this category who had like 60% of the sales, something like that. 60% of the sales ran through this one person. I will say this, most people underestimate the negative impact this person makes on the team and they overestimate the positive impact they make. That is what we see pretty consistently. Most of us have been on a team before where this person leaves the team and there's a renaissance. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, so much pressure has been taken off of us. We're going to pick up the load. We're going to work really hard on this stuff. And, And you will see them pick up the slack. There are so many other teams that we've seen where this person is on the team and they are toxic. And when you think about toxic, it means contagious. They're spreading this negativity to other people. You're, you're battling for the soul of the company from the inside. And this is the person leading the, 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 the bad side of it, which I think is, it has to be dealt with. I don't think you can allow that to exist inside your organization. So while you may think they're so good at the job, that you can't let go of them, you always can. So let me close out that last story where I said that that one salesperson at 60% of the sales, they finally had a conversation with that person. They said, look, you're great at your job. Obviously, you have this huge percentage of our sales, but we can't have you sabotaging other salespeople behind the scenes. We can't have you doing that stuff. You have to change your attitude, change your attitude or move on. And the person elected to move on and of the 60% of sales, they lost none of those. They lost no sales. They just transferred all those sales to other sales reps. It was no trouble. In fact, they started hearing from other clients. They were like, oh, we're surprised you didn't do that a long time ago. That sales rep really hits you guys. Like we could feel that. So they were, they thought that they had it under control, but that toxic person was actually impacting them on the back, the backside.
3: Well, and Don, you actually gave one of those occupations that we see that a lot of holding, of hold, you know, that person almost holding the company hostage or that manager hostage and that salespeople right? Salespeople, especially because they're bringing that that amount of money into the company or structured in such a way where that manager is getting paid. They are getting a bonus based off of how well they do and they're doing well because of that person. I We've seen that where it feels like, oh man, I'm not only, I'm not just letting them go. Like I'm taking money out of my pocket. Also, I'm getting paid depending on them. So maybe if that's a structure that you all have, wherever wherever it is that you're listening, you might consider a different Uh, potentially a different structure as far as uh, bonus structure or pay scale might be concerned too. So you don't put yourself in those weird positions. That was not how that was designed to go probably designed to be able to help them. It's encouraging the manager to want to improve their performance, but that's the ugly side of that to where now I feel like I can't let them go because they're going to, I'm going to lose money also by doing that.
1: Or Matt, you have the person that is such a high technical expertise. They know something that nobody else knows. This is where sometimes I think companies make a mistake is you should be cross-training a little bit, like you should have somebody that can kind of have access to things that another person owns just to protect yourself a little bit. But again, I've seen people, I've seen companies with their key accounting person leaves and they're the only person that knows how to track the books. Incredibly painful, like really difficult to deal with. But you can go hire experts and have people come in, and it might be expensive short term and have somebody to train up your process and refigure out how to do everything. But I promise you, it does a good thing for the company at the end of the day. It has always been worth it when I've seen that happen. Um, yeah, and but- we've
3: seen the, the the negative side of that, too, is if you do not act, you are not the only person that knows that you should be acting. You know, yeah, yeah. the rest of the team is probably taking that in, too. And instead, of you might, you might protect that one, but it's going to come at a cost. Yeah. And the cost might be you might lose two or three others because they don't want to work in an environment like that.
1: Yeah. The other piece is here, just to flip this around, and maybe you were going this direction. So I apologize for pushing this, but if you're an employee and you're listening, you might be in this category. Like you might be great at your job and you may even say, I love the company, but I hate the people inside it. I hate management, the direction they're going. And you may be leading a personal rebellion inside the company to try to make it do. And you might be right. You might be even right on that direction, but you may not understand how you're leading the team you may not understand that your negative attitude is creating negativity on the rest of the team. It may be hurting new people on the team. It may be leading people towards hating their jobs and showing up every day going, man, I hate this place when you could be having a little different attitude and help people say, no, this job isn't bad. We can solve problems together. We can do, we can make a positive
3: impact. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go to the last one here because we are running out of time and uh, out of our normal uh, time constraint there sorry about that but there's a lot to cover with this culture grid so the last one here is top right so this is the high and high right, this is the high performance high culture, like they are doing awesome as far as the scorecard and people love them like they're a joy to be around and they're doing great with their job, this high and high, how do we manage this person. Or maybe let's can I start with asking you, like, what's the most common answer we get when we say, how do you manage this person? What do you think a lot of people say whenever we ask that question?
2: You don't have to. We wish we could just have a whole team of these people, (laughs) leave them alone, let them do
0: what they're doing.
3: Yeah, Diana nailed it. You don't have to. You just leave those alone. It's a well-oiled machine over there, right? Bethany, were you going to say the same thing or were you going to add to that?
0: Yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, it's great. You don't have to manage them at all. We've had people in those seminars before just yell and go, no, don't. Don't manage them.
3: Yeah, they've already made it. They've reached the mountaintop. Go
1: back to the other three categories. Let's stop wasting our time with this one.
3: And this is where this is, this is one of those aha moments too, right? We also ask those managers like, okay, so where do you spend most of your time? And it's in that low to low where there's a struggle. Like this is, this takes all of my time. And there's probably a lot of people nodding in agreement going, yeah, I wish I could spend more time with the high and high, but the lows take my time, which is just another reason to start that conversation with those folks. If you haven't yet to be able to try to get on top of that, but You know, if I'm in that high and high, let's talk about the type of person that is, maybe the type of employee. If I'm in the high performance, high scorecard, you give us some words here. What are some traits of that employee that I have in that high and high category?
0: Motivated, driven.
3: Motivated, driven, yeah driven problem solver they're proactive problem solvers right now this isn't this podcast but it can be you know we talk about the employees the talent war is over and the talent won. the employees kind of have the leverage right now and so if i'm in that top that high and high category i also have options mm-hmm. i can work here or i can work somewhere else right i have i am a proactive problem solver that has done a great job of trying to help you succeed in the things that you are trying to shoot for i am bought into the direction that we're going i'm doing a good job on my scorecard I have options, right? And this is where the managers are going. Yeah, that's why I want to leave them alone, let them do their thing. But really, if I'm in that high and high category, I want opportunities to be able to also grow and develop, like task me with things, challenge me with different projects, let me lead something that maybe you haven't trusted me to lead before. I understand I'm great here. But for those high and highs, a lot of them don't want to stay great here. I want to also do other things. I want to be challenged and motivated. Bethany, were you going to add?
0: Yeah, I was going to say some, whenever people say like, yeah, you just leave them alone. I think, you know, we usually say like, that's the worst thing. That's the worst thing you could do.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when we're talking about, okay, so which one is the most difficult for you to manage? A lot of people say they might start off and say the low and low, you know, because gosh, they take so much of my time and really I can help them up or I can help them out with a low and low. We, We might argue that the hardest group to manage is that high and high. That high and high, because we have a tendency to leave them alone, we have a tendency to just let them go and do their own thing. But if I'm an employee, and I know there's a lot of employees listening right now, if you have a manager that has left you alone, and you feel like you're doing a great job, we directly relate that to like value. Or I'm not valued. they don't, they don't, why do they spend all their time with those folks instead of spending time with me? The manager's thinking because you're great. The employee's thinking it's because you don't care about me. You know, you forgot about me. And this is where we kind of fall into that. This is why I'm talking about elevate your management because you can see if I'm leaving those people alone, if they're now feeling devalued, you can see they're going to start to backslide. All of a sudden that high performance, that high culture is maybe going to slip down to the high performance, low culture person. And at least their performance is there, but now there's some injustices that have happened. They're feeling, they're feeling like you don't care. They're just a number. They got lost in the shuffle, whatever that is. And a lot of those high performance, low culture people might already be looking for other opportunities elsewhere anyway, because they feel like I'm good at this. And I don't feel like they, they think I'm as good as whatever I, you know whatever I've proven to be too. So that high and high is a tricky one to manage. What other tips might you give to manage that high and high performer?
1: I think you just have to check in with them a lot. Like, I think it's, t- it's tempting to say, well, that's not a problem. And we focus all of our attention on the toxic employee, but I think you just have to continuously have conversations to make sure you're still aligned. Cause a lot of times the misalignment starts before you realize it does. Yeah. Maybe there's a frustration and a lot of times that misalignment, that initial injustice that creates the misalignment, if you don't detect it, it can get a lot worse before it gets better. And so maybe it, those frequent conversations, you can pick it up early.
3: Yeah. And you might you might be listening going, wait a second. So you've has, you've said had a converse, have a conversation with each quadrant. Yep, that's true. Like the conversation maybe is a little different, but the conversation should be ongoing. And this is where we're talking about, okay, I can evaluate my people. Maybe you're sitting back looking at this art that you have made now with the grid. If you were following along and kind of mapping out some of your people, think about your team, think about maybe where you would place them. Think about if I'm the employee, write this down, where would you place yourself? Like, what are some self-management things that you can do to be able to move yourself up that grid, you know, to the different quadrants there? I think maybe the goal for everybody potentially is to be in that top right quadrant, the high and high. And there's some things that employees can do on their own, but boy, if we're trying to elevate the management, there's some things that you can do as a manager of people, recognizing where they fall. What types of conversations do I need to have with my people? What are some of the challenges that I can challenge them with? Or what are some of the things that I can delegate with depending on where they fall onto this grid? And I think it might help you build a better team and maybe even improve your leadership style and management technique too along the way. So hopefully this was valuable uh, to you. This, This snapshot of this thing that we call culture grid, again, Diana, will you please share with us where we're going to save that and then also how people can maybe get a hold of us for future topics and feedback?
2: Yeah, I'll put the culture grid in the show notes and I'll make sure that you guys have access to that. If you have more questions about it or want like a printable version or something, you can email us directly at morethanwork@peopleccg.com or you can find us on social media. Our handles are at PeopleCentric or at PeopleCCG. We're on all the big platforms.
3: Yeah, all the big social right.
2: media platforms.
3: That's right, and we we also love the idea of of, of interaction with you all too. You. So I know that we will do our best to be able to get responses to you if you have questions, maybe based on the content, or if you have other ideas that you want to give to us to be able to uh, bring other topics. Like we kind of brainstorm ourselves here, but if there's something that you're not hearing that you want to hear, man, just let us know. We're happy to. We are super customizable in person and on podcast. We can do we can do both those things. Done.
1: Yeah, we we just had a listener like a couple of weeks ago asked a question for us and we were actually I think we all commented on it so I think that they got some good good content from us so
3: yeah yeah that's great so share the podcast if you're enjoying it share the podcast tell your friends bring others uh, follow us on the social media interact with us Uh, hope you enjoyed the topic today and look forward to hearing from you soon thanks all
0: thanks for joining us on this episode of the more than work podcast join us next time and in the meantime lead well